Oh, my bad. I was just joking. Hey, <laughs> hey, welcome to Enough is Enough Becoming Unapologetically You, the podcast. I am your host, Coach Ramirez, and I am here with my co-host, the lovely lady. C. Hello. We have our guest here today, Miss Jessica Johnson, and she comes to share her story with us on overcoming sex trafficking. I hope you brought your listening ears. I want to say this very in a very positive way. Please, please, please keep negative comments to yourself because this is not what we're about. We're about empowering one another and allowing others to share their testimonies. So if you disagree with the way somebody speaks or what a, a word that's being said, just be politely and go ahead and click on off because this may not be for you. This is just the raw, unedited truth about sex trafficking. This is very good information on how you can help somebody, whether they're on the street or have gone through it. So please, I say again, be very courteous to our guests because she didn't have to come and share with us her story or just to give us information on how we become better citizens to the people in the kingdom and outside of it. So I'm gonna let my host tell you our goal and our purpose and our mission. So again, enough is enough. It's time to be unapologetic. And I know that we have our own situations going on, but again, enough is enough. Unapologetic, you. It's just becoming you, um, being the you that you are. Um, everyone comes from a different walk of life, um, so we're here on here helping each other, coming together, sharing our stories, overcoming each other with testimonies, because um, you never know who's going through what. But let's get started. Our call to action is to be powerful, to be bold, to be you and unapologetical you. Our purpose is to share life experience, Bible truth, to tell the enemy enough is enough. And I don't have to stay in the same shape that I'm in. Um, our goals is to empower, motivate, inspire, encourage from all different walks of life. Um, then you know that Jesus is still saving. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the delivering business. And our mission is to reach those that are going through.
um, the same situations or some may be going through something even worse than we are. So we're just here to encourage one another and help each other to overcome what we've been going through. Amen. Amen. So, um, uh, All right, so we're gonna, um, I can give you some information really quick before we even get started because I don't want to interrupt her as she tell her testimony. So human traffic is a very broad um, industry. You have work, work laborers that's been trafficked for work. You have sex trafficking that's for, for sex and you have the kids. I mean, you just, it's just a number of things that fall underneath the umbrella in sex trafficking and there's like 150 billion dollars that's being made every year there's over 20 to 40 million people that's being trafficked even within the u.s the u.s is not exempt this is around the world um the highest statistics if i get my, my um, paper i'm gonna tell you the cities and one of the cities that really really shocked me because i live here in the state excuse me the state i live in the state of florida so the top city here in the U.S. is Nevada. And Nevada just made um, trafficking pretty much prostitution legal. So you can legally purchase sex. But it is a form of sex trafficking. Please don't be. It's sex trafficking. And then you have Mississippi, number two, Florida, Ohio, Georgia, Delaware, California, Missouri, Michigan, and then Texas. Those are the top ten on the list. Like I say, when I read Florida as number three, I was shocked. I was like, are you serious? My own state. And so sometimes we're very blind about what sex trafficking is. So we're going to go into depth of what it is. And so Jessica is going to share with us how she got involved, what, how she was impacted by this industry and what got her out. And so I already know that she's, she's in um, Portland, Oregon. And so that's where she that's where she's from. And so most of the times we look at it as broken homes. That's how people get into the sex trafficking because we're blinded by what's really how these individuals actually go in. A lot of times people are trying to feed their families. So they sell their kids off to labor workers. And the laborers work, they come from like Guatemala, Guatemala, all the way through Mexico and up to um, Ohio up to Ohio, which is just crazy. And I believe that the border is a big problem because HHS has allowed these children to be trafficked, human trafficking for labor, to for people to come in and not even show the citizenship, um, any birth certificate or anything right to these children. And they just let them go off with people. And these people are using these children but also blackmailing the families back home in order for them to pay. And sometimes this pay is just bananas, $330,000 or give up their lease agreement to their homes. And these people don't even have that much. And then you have trafficking from Africa all the way over to India. I heard a story where um, they, was, they would connect with these people on WhatsApp and they would sell them this dream. And they said, oh, we'll get your passport. We'll get your flight over. And then when these people get their flights over, thinking they're going to have a legitimate job? No. The time they get off that plane, touch ground, their abusers say, give me your passport. Give me all your documentations. And they take hold of it. And they're holding on to this thing. 
until these people pay off 300 and some thousand dollars. You know how much they have to, they have to sleep with that many men. Cause over in that country, it's a thousand dollars per person. Wow. Thousand dollars per person. So this person has to sleep with over 300,000 men per se, times it out, whatever, in order to, to get their information back. And by the time they get it back, they have to work even harder because their bees are done right now. Yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. Now let's travel over into Africa where human trafficking is also legal in certain parts. And these women are selling themselves for about seven to fifteen dollars. Seven to fifteen dollars. When COVID hit, they were selling themselves for three dollars. Hungry. Wow. Now my thing was is if sex trafficking is legal, why are you not taking care of these women, but you're able to take care of everybody else? Wow. That that's is true. that's not right. So you're gonna say it's legal, but you're not gonna take care of them. So it's just crazy. And after that, you have these people that's also out here on the streets being murdered. They're being murdered, and a lot of people are not stepping up. Most of the time, when people step up, what they say is, "Oh, she's a whore," or "She's a prostitute," not realizing that these people are children. They're a sister. They're a mom, and you don't know how they got into there to into that industry. You don't know how they've been branded. You don't know how they've been persecuted. None of that information. And so Miss Jessica also is it goes through the strip clubs. And I used to work in that industry. So when I'm like, it was like a blinder had came off my head. You know, you you go into the strip club, strippers have to pay out to the manager, to the bar, mm -hmm. etc. And then they go on dates with different people. You gotta tell them where you're going, who you're going with, just different things. And when they go on these dates, it ain't no date date. Like you say, you're going on a date. It's a sex date. And I was like, what? And I'm not gonna take up all the time because I know my co-host, but she wanna say something and just as she's she gonna talk to us, I'm just floored. I really am, I'm floored because I was, I was living in a world, I was living in a world that I really didn't understand what I was living in. How about that? And to find out this information, it really opens up your eyes and lets you see that there is more than what the eyes need. Hey Amen. I just I just wanted to say welcome, Miss Jessica. First of all, it's an honor to have you here tonight. Um, you didn't have to do it, and I know some people may not have feel comfortable to do it, but I just want to thank you personally for coming on and sharing with us because I think it's so important that we know what's going on yeah. right in our back doors. Um, I wish we had our young adult kids on here. Um, yeah. I just tagged my girls in here because they're always going with different friends. And this is the stuff that they need to look out for because they see the money, they see the fame, and they think it's something until they're snatched. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that everybody gets on and watch. And I hope and pray that even after this, someone get their child on here and come back and have them watch it so they can also see what's going on mm -hmm. and know their surroundings. I try to tell my kids all the time, check your surroundings around us be careful don't just walk up to a car so anything so again yeah. it is a pleasure for you to be here to yeah. tell us what's going on because only you can tell us we've never lived that life so for us to come into your world and I just want to piggyback off my co-host which she said about um not being negative I just want to say everyone has their own different walks yeah and everything and I'm she's not where we're at we're not where she's at whatever the case may be she's on here to help us and teach yeah. us so 
again, as the host said, please, please, please don't come in with the negative vibes. Don't come in writing anything negative because it you don't know what it took for her to be here tonight to tell her story. Some people can't even get over the hurt just yet to tell their story. So for her to be here and tell us and share with us, that is a blessing all by itself. So again, I ask you if you have any negativity or if you feel like this is too verbal for your ears, yes. please log off. And I apologize now for anything that may be said or done that you feel that was out of order. So we don't get out the way because I'm excited to hear what's going on and for this young lady to share with us and such a beautiful baby. Oh, my God. I'm a baby fever lady. So I'm going to get off of that because I know my husband going to come back and watch. But we're going to give you the floor, Miss Jessica Johnson. And you just tell us your story and some stuff that we need to know. Well, it's always an honor to be able to come and uh, testify because the Lord says that we come, we overcome the word by the blood of the lamb through our testimony, first and foremost. So when we, the more we tell our testimony, the more that the enemy scrambles, shambles, trembles, because the, the Lord gave us the authority to do that. So I came, I grew up in a household which was middle class, not in poverty. Mm -hmm. My father was um, a captain for American Airlines. So um, even though per se I would have came in a silver spoon, that doesn't mean that life is always good. Mm -hmm. um, there was some mental, emotional, verbal, and some touching of sexual going on. My father was um, addicted to pornography. And he was what I like to call a serial cheater. He always had an addiction to having this sexual encounter with women. Sex in my household was like kids watching cartoons. It is what it is. Um, so because um, people don't understand that the sexual immorality brings spirits. And when people are having these soul ties with people, adults that have children, you bring in these entities of demonic spirits into the household. And when you are not fully equipped and walking in alignment with God, then your children are subjected to these attacks. And yeah. though I am... Uh, a young child. Um, I'm a biracial woman. I'm half Japanese and half Trinidadian. And I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm more accustomed to the African American black culture because my dad is black and I grew up on my dad's side of the family, though I look full Asian. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't know that side of my culture. I only know the West Indian, the Trinidadian side of the culture. So um, in the South, you know, there's Jamaicans and there's, you know, Trinidadians, there's different type of Caribbean people there. So I adapted to that culture. Um, but neither here or there, um, when the household is not in order and in alignment of God, spirits yeah. will attack the children because the yeah, children are yeah. being covered. So it's always important to cover your children when you are doing um, doing things that's wrong because children are easily subjected to being sucked into the enemy's attacks. And that's exactly what happened with me. Um, I was, uh, I watched my dad have sex with women. I, I watched on the computers, you know, my dad having, you know, sexual, things on the computer that wasn't of children 
you know, it wasn't for children. And unfortunately, those type of things, watching it did some things in the spiritual realm. Um, as I got older, um, my dad had gotten uh, so accustomed to watching porn that it became nothing to him. He didn't think anything of it, thinking that I'm still a child. And I remember at 14 that I had caught my dad watching pornography, not fully understanding what was what he was watching. And because of that, um, he had touched up on me. And as he was touching on me, um, my dad's not an affectionate type of person. There was no, I love you, no, you know, typical parent child relationship. Um, it was always negative and verbal. And, you know, you're going to become a prostitute. You're going to become a whore. You're going to become a slut. You're going to be pimped on. You're going to have kids before. So he was speaking death over my life already. And because of that, the Lord says the power of tongues speaks life or death. So you must be careful what you speak over your children. And the more and more uh, you speak those things, the spirit of rejection comes upon the child. And because of that, um, the child would be isolated, feel unworthy, rejected, um, just people pleaser, you know, yeah. all these things. So within that, with that, within that, um, I, you know, was bullied in school because I didn't know how to socialize. I didn't feel worthy. I, all these things took into place because of what was going on at home. And that's why the Lord says, train up your child the way they should go. As they grow old, they shall not depart. Because you're supposed to train your children in the Lord. Train them up to know that they're children of God, that they are worthy, that they are the light. They are to be, you know, walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But that didn't happen. The enemy took the rejection that I was feeling and the unworthiness and made me feel less than. And though um, my dad would continuously say that I would be a prostitute and a whore and all these things, that's exactly what manifested. Um, we moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Hawaii because my dad felt like I needed to be more adapted to the Asian culture, though, though I didn't know my mother because they had divorced. And because of that, um, I uh, got bullied because here you have an Asian girl that looks Asian, but when I talk, I had a Southern accent. So to them in Hawaii, I was weird. I was different. I was Asian, but I had a Southern accent. I diff different. I, you know, listened to different type of music, hip hop and R&B and soulful type of music. So I got picked on. So because I got bullied and nobody would listen to me, I got hurt. I got jumped by six different Samoan type of girls in the classroom. And then within that, my dad had put me into a Catholic school. Now, I didn't know that my dad was claiming to be a Christian, but put me in a Catholic school. So things happened in the Catholic school as well. And then we moved from Hawaii to Portland, Oregon. And then the verbal and the mental and all the abuse became worse. So one night I had it I just had enough. I I would cut myself and be a cutter to release this pain because instead of me fighting or, or taking flight, I shut down. And to the point I shut down so much that I left at three o'clock in the morning, the hour of the devils, right? And because I left at three o'clock in the morning, I ran away. When I ran away, I ended up at a place called 82nd here, which was at the time where pimps and johns and tricks and whatever you want to buyers and, and pimps and traffickers would come and pick up these children. And it is true that it's, it's really, 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 really easy 
for a child, especially such as myself at the time that was sheltered, to be taken away in, in, into trafficking because they can smell, they can tell the um, vulnerability in me, not knowing where I was going, having these bags, you know, um, having these voices in my head at 16 telling me that I was unworthy, that your daddy don't care about you, nobody cares about you, you this, you're hearing these things, so eventually you leave because you feel like you're the problem in the family. So because I was a black sheep of the family, I felt rejected. Um, and then there was favoritism amongst my brother and my uh, and myself. You know, my dad loved my brother more than he loved me. And so um, I ran away. Once I ran away, I got trafficked. When I got trafficked, I was um, the, the, the pimp knew to put fear upon me. He, he knew because I would already came from a home where my dad pumped fear and I'd shut yeah. down. Once the pimp knew that and he had that uh, holding over me, it became something that he used fear. Mm -hmm. um, when he used fear, fear turned into mental, verbal, emotional, and then physical. Um, I was raped by a John, which I had a child that I gave up for adoption. I did get raped by my pimp. Then I had a daughter and I gave her up for adoption as well. Um, pro prostitution is a form of sexual exploitation. Um, I did from zero to a hundred in this lifestyle. I was a prostitute. I walked the streets. I was an escort. I was a call girl. I did webcamming. Um, I did it all um, besides pornography. And I thank God that he stopped me and delivered me before I got to that point where, you know, Playboy and everybody else wanted me to be in that life. Um, so I, I thank God for that deliverance before I got to that extreme of, of exploiting myself. But um, it's not always a trafficker or a pimp that can exploit these women. Yeah. The buyers, which... 95% of the time are Caucasian high-end men that I call throwaway money. They have money to just throw away. Because they have money, they they feel like they have the authority to do, do you however they want. I mean, let's be real. I was 16 years old, and I was seeing a 40-something-year-old man, old enough to be my daddy. Like, come on. These guys are not buying sex. They're pedophilers okay that get away with it because you're a prostitute nobody cares about you society looks down upon you like you said don't even know where i came from or how i ended up in it so from 16 to 19 i was trafficked right by this man beaten in got stab wounds cuts had these big yankee candles with three four wicks thrown at my face i have a permanent um tmj from all the beatings from this pimp um which is called locked jaw so at times my lock jaw will lock depending um if i'm eating too much or whatever it is that i'm doing i'll have a locked jaw and so that comes from the abuse that I was receiving from this man. And, you know, eventually it got to the point where I felt like I was numb. I oppressed these feelings so much that because I wasn't on drugs, I was doing this, what we call sober, right? So um, I would oppress these feelings, not knowing that people don't understand that soul ties is real. The spirit of Jezebel is real. It's not just about sexual morality being promiscuous. It's also about the control, the power. 
And because I was a child and having all these grown men, as I would like to call it, dump their demons on me, right? Because they're having their sexual ways with you. And God made something that was supposed to be sacred between man and woman, the enemy has perverted it. And so we have these older Caucasian men that are police officers, uh, government officials, um, people that are, you know, politicians, people that doctors, lawyers, captains, whatever, high end job careers that are able to, you know, get away with this. And so um, because of that, mm -hmm. I've had I've had I've had police officers coerce me into sleeping with them so I wouldn't go to jail. As a victim to human trafficking, I was made out to be a criminal at a young age. Criminal charges of prostitution, solicitation, as if I was the problem, not knowing that I was being trafficked, not knowing that, you know, I had police officers sleeping with me, you know, different people high end able to have their way with me because they have the money to afford an attorney and nothing happens to these buyers, you know? And, and with that being said, I truly believe that these buyers are mainly the problem. Let's look at it like yeah. this. When we go to a store, right? You have all your products. The traffickers are using human bodies because you can never run out. You can never run out. The human is always there continuously. When you buy drugs from a, a drug dealer, eventually your product runs out. So when you go to the store and you don't have your products, right? The buyers can't come in and buy their products because the buyers are being consequenced. Now, if the buyers or the Johns or the tricks have a higher consequence in a criminal law, then you won't be able to have so many children or, or women in this lifestyle to be bought because who's going to buy them if there's nobody to buy these people. Right, right. So I always tell people, yeah, it's the traffickers. Yes, it's the pimps. But what about the ones that are buying it? What about the ones that are going on the dark web and the black market conducting these and orchestrating these this, this, this crime to happen? Um mm -hmm. People don't understand. It's also a spiritual warfare. So we have to understand that the spirit of Jezebel is about control, about sexual morality, and power. So I like to tell people, when I had all these demons that was being released on me through sexual relations, soul ties, um, demons started spiritual demonic oppression started to manifest inside of me. So again, from 16 to 19, I was trafficked, right? I went through a pimping and pandering case. I was a material witness. I was a victim. But the judicial system didn't give me the proper help that I needed to get out of the streets, not knowing that I've been through so much trauma within this amount of time. Yes, I was a child when I started, a child that grew up to be an adult. And now that I was an adult, what happens because i'm an adult i know what i'm doing but remember i was 16. the development of my mind had stopped because of the simple fact that i was doing things i wasn't supposed to be doing at a child mentally i wasn't there so because i was forced and brainwashed and uh pretty much 
programmed on how to be a prostitute, how to get your money, how to do this, what to do. All these things occur at a child and develop. And as an adult, what happens? You do what you're used to know how to do. And so the system failed me because the victim's advocate did not allow me to receive the proper help that I needed. We talk about mental health. Well, what about girls that are in trafficking and, and, and endure so much trauma from it? Where's the mental health in that? Don't we suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder? What about the reoccurring events or the nightmares? How do we escape our prison when we are in our mental prison and emotional prison? How do we escape that if the person does not have a relationship with God? That's why many of them are on drugs, alcoholic, um, suicide. Uh, majority of them don't tell the story because they don't know how to handle their issues and the issue is the deep oppressing trauma that we endure not only mentally but emotionally yes we endure physical but the beatings and the sexual situations eventually goes away now we stuck with the mental and emotional now where does that leave us how do we overcome that how do we become more than a conqueror i don't like the terminology survivor because when I was going through that, I was surviving, watching over my back. Where's the police? Is the pimp there? Is the trafficker going to kill You know, kill me if I don't make his quarter? Is the John going to kill me if, if I don't do something he likes? All these things come into play. We're always on impulse, always jumpy, 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 right? So this is where I always tell people when it comes to the judicial system, they play a part because they're not doing their job. The DAs are only using victims to prosecute cases to get a, a trafficker to go to jail. But again, what about the buyers or the Johns or the tricks that are pedophiles? They buy children for sex, which is a known sex offender. They are undercover sex offenders because they children that look like adults are prostitutes and though they are prostitutes they are really children undercover and because they are children these johns and these buyers are really sick pedophiles they want to do some really crazy nasty things or what about some of these these johns or, or tricks that are actually serial killers murderers how many prostitutes do you guys hear that that died a year a month a week you know all these things come into play you know yes we have these exotic clubs but so much more happens than just dancing and you know twerking and all that stuff that we do we really have to be careful what our children watch and the type of music they listen to because the enemy is throughout our music is throughout uh uh the the bet and the mtv and the radios and all these things you know you got megan stallion talk about put your hands on your knees and shaking your ass and all these nonsense right that that is when a child hears that over and over and over it's repetition it gets stuck in their brain well i need to go out there and, and if i shake my ass and i could be like Megan Star, I could be like Cardi B, I could be like Nicki Minaj, I could do all that. But really, it's not what it is. It's far from what it is. Um, they're influencing demonic entities upon our children. I'm very aware of what my children listen to. I don't play about certain things because the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy any necessary means through the computer, through TikTok, through Instagram, Facebook, your radio show, your TV shows. We have to be aware of the spiritual warfare that we are in because it is a spiritual warfare. And the enemy is after our children because why? 
they are the next generation. So because God had grace and favor upon my life, though I lived it for 10 years, after four years, a girl does not make it. I'm sorry. I've known plenty of girls that died from this lifestyle and they died in their sin, not able to repent. And I thank the Lord that I was able to be delivered, that I was able to repent and seek the Lord and seek the kingdom, allow his righteousness to be upon and added upon me. So with that being said, we have to be aware. Yes, you have webcamming and all these perverts watching. Oh, there's nothing wrong with webcamming. You're not having sexual relations. But what you don't know is that you having people telling you to do sexual acts through the computer, through technology. Um, you got girls walking the street. You could get into a, a John's car and that'll be the last time anybody ever sees you. I've been time i've had guns pulled on me thank god nothing was in the chamber i've had you know tricks beat me up and throw me out of the car and and somebody had to find me and i wake up and i'm in an emergency room all kind of things happen and i thank god that i'm still here and i'm alive and again go back to what i was saying from 16 and 19 i was trafficked but the lord had to show me from 19 to 27 i ended up prostituting myself because the lack of support human trafficking was not big now like it was then People didn't care. I'd had milk, eggs, all kind of things thrown at me. Oh, you're a dirty whore. You're a prostitute. When was the last time you saw my dad or my grandpa? These are the type of comments I had to deal with. Um, and, and with that being said, being called every single name underneath the sun, I have a very tough skin because I know that all the things that people have said does not define me. It's not who I am. It's what what matters is that I'm redeemed, I'm restored, and I'm a child of God. Now, how did I get out of the lifestyle? Great question. So, though I prostituted myself because the spirit of Jezebel manifested in me, which was known as Mahalani Banks, that was the demonic spirit that manifested in me because I wanted the power and control and to manipulate these men. I'm thinking I'm getting back for all these men that raped me, all these men that had their dirty ways with me. All I'm thinking I'm in control. And that's when that spirit manifested. So when that spirit manifested in me, I ended up becoming a prostitute for X amount of years. Now, God has sent a man in my life that was a man of God. And though I was not where where I wanted to believe in the Lord, I ended up rejecting his his you know his faith and not wanting to hear it. But God allowed him to still stay with me. And I was married as a prostitute still, right? Because I knew that being in his presence, I felt peace, but I didn't trust because this is a black man. I didn't trust, but I felt peace and I couldn't understand why. But yet every time he get closer to me, I try to push him away push him away and he'd tell me you know god says this god this and what led me to my deliverance is that god given him a vision and a dream and because of that dream and vision it manifested it happened i did finally get in trouble with the law and though i got in trouble with the law everything he had said to me 10 years prior happened and because of that it made me open up that doorway so is there a god is God real? You know, so that's what made me get that get that situation. Well, okay, is 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 there a God? Is 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 this happened? So because of that, I started to question, and then I heard uh the 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 chap. I heard the verse. 
I heard the verse Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and because of that it led me to wonder is there a God and though I didn't want to read the Bible I was very very subjective like no I'm not going to read that Bible because you know church is you know church people are hypocrite my dad's into porn he's a serial you know cheater blase blase I didn't want it but the spirit of God was so strong he was drawing me in he was drawing me in and though he was drawing me in i was um at a grocery store and i tell people this all the time when god draws you in and his spirit is calling you to him at this time i had a four-year-old and a set of twins and i was at the lowest of my lowest i was homeless i lost everything that i gained in the life you know uh in the life of, of kingdom of darkness, all my stuff that was materialistic, I lost, lost it all, you know? Um, when I became homeless, I had the I had my kids, now what? God's telling me at the time, I didn't know it was the spirit of God in my voice telling me, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna prostitute? Okay, okay. Are you gonna prostitute with, with your children? And I was like, man, what am I gonna do? Though, I had to humble myself. My pride was shot. I had to go to the welfare office and live off of welfare. I had to go and, and get on section eight. And, and my pride was just cut in half because I was like, I gotta do what? Because I was one of those girls that made fun of people that was on food stamps, on welfare, on section eight. I was that girl, I can admit, I used to be very cocky and conceited and prideful and haughty because I was making all this money, but I made all this money and had what? Nothing to show for. It was all taken away from me. God took it away. I was homeless, not knowing where I was gonna go with this kid. And then when I got pregnant with twins, um, that's when God gave me my Section 8 vouchers, right? And though I received it, all I heard in my spirit was, now who needs Section 8? Now who needs these vouchers to help them to live? And all I could do was shake my head when I grabbed these vouchers. But I was grateful because now I don't have to be homeless with this child, bouncing from house to house, shelter to shelter. Um, once I grabbed this place, have my place, I opened up the Bible. I went to a store secretly and got a new living translation bible and i looked up matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and once i looked it up i was like okay and it did something in my spirit where i started to read the word the more i started to read the word i went to go well at least i thought i was going to go see my friend right close the door now okay i understand that but close the door please Sorry, I got four kids. So I'm a mother of four. Um, though I had twins and I had a four-year-old, I went to, at least I thought I was going to go see a friend. And though I went to go see a friend, I was on the public transportation and I heard loud as clear, get off. And I'm looking behind me like, who's telling me to get off? I heard it again, get off. So I get off. Right, and apparently there was a store, a grocery store, and I'm hearing this, 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 this voice in my spirit. Trust me, I'll provide. And this is October twelfth of twenty eighteen. 
And I'm thinking trust. Look, I don't know if I'm talking to the devil because I'm done gone crazy from this lifestyle and I'm so broken and shattered. I don't know if I'm talking to God. I, I just don't know. I'm just just broken, confused. Um, trust. I don't trust anybody. Like, you want me to trust you? I, I don't even know you. I can't hear you. I can't text you. I can't see you. I can't. I, I don't even know anymore. I heard it again. Trust me. I'll provide. And I said, okay, look at here. I don't, I don't know who it is. I don't want to hear Sally, Jesse, Raphael's testimony. I don't care. If you are God, I'll make a deal with you. Like I'm really going to make a deal with God. But see, this is how God works. He predestined our life and our steps before it even comes to pass. He ordered our steps. He knew this day was going to happen. So he said, go ahead and make a deal with me. <laughs> I laughed today because I, I was so prideful, you know, but yet thinking I'm going to make a deal with God. So I said, if you can prove to Jessica that you, God, are real. I shall follow you for the rest of my life. He said, trust me, I'll provide. This time, I only had $60 on my food stamp card. And I'm thinking to myself, I've got twin boys. This is enough for three cans of milk. Three cans. This is not enough. There's 31 days in this month. It's October 12th. Are you serious? So I go into this grocery store, grab these three cans of milk. I'm thinking I am losing my mind, okay? I'm thinking I'm damaged. I'm done, fried. There was a grandma lady in front of me and a woman in her about late early 40s behind me. So the lady behind me talks about the twins. How old are they? They cute. What type of twins are they? Blase, blase, right? And so... The grandma lady in front of me says, blessings to you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. The cashier gives me my groceries of three cans of milk. She goes, here you go. I said, I don't have to pay. She goes, no. I said, shut up. What makes me so special? Why well, I ain't got to pay. She, she leans in towards me and says, that is why the lady in front of you says, blessings to you. Immediately. I remember the conversation that I had outside before I entered the grocery store. I grabbed that bag and immediately I was filled and uh, filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I had my three boys with me at the time. The fire of God spread it out so fast that the lady behind me said, I don't know what's going on, but every single hair on my body is standing up. I cried. I was joyful. I had all these emotions. Till this day, I cannot explain the emotions that I feel. But I know for a fact, I had a supernatural encounter with the Lord. And from that day forward, I never prostituted myself. I never thought about prostituting myself. I've been in the Word since day in, day out. There's not a day that I have missed being in that Word. And though I've been going through a healing journey and walking through humility, the Lord says that because you was in the kingdom of darkness, I have made you bold enough for you to not sanitize your testimony because I know that you will give me the glory. You will go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light back to the kingdom of darkness to go save others, to help others be delivered. And not just the prostitutes, not just the children, not just the women, but anybody in association with that life, the pimps, the traffickers, 
and the buyers and the organizations that's all creating this lifestyle because it's a spiritual warfare. And God has shown me what is going on in the spiritual realm when it comes to human trafficking. So I have no problem sharing my testimony because I've been redeemed, restored, renewed, and I am a daughter of the most high God. I've been bought and my sins have been washed away with the blood on Calvary when Jesus died for me. So I say this to say all of this. No matter what woman, what little boy, or who's trafficking, or who's doing what, when God has purpose for you, he will get the glory, not you. There's nothing special about Jessica because it all becomes from God. God delivered me. He gave me the boldness. He gave me the words. He engraved his word into my mind and into my heart because he knows he can trust me. Now I go and speak. It's like tomorrow I have to go speak on it. I went from being a survivor, living it, to a now an overcomer and conqueror to where I sit on the community advisory board now for human trafficking. So what was meant for evil, God will turn it around for his good, his purpose. It's nothing that a, a human can do, nothing that man can do. So seek God first in the kingdom all his righteousness and all things will be added upon you. And that is why I am faithful to God. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He will do it all. If he can do it for me, a woman that lived in a lifestyle of prostitution and human trafficking for 10 years, God would deliver anybody if you believe and walk by faith. And it takes a small seed of mustard, a mustard seed of faith. All it took me was to trust him. I didn't know how he was going to provide. And that's another thing. God will tell you something, but he's not going to tell you everything. He wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. I walked out by faith not knowing how God was going to. I didn't know how God was going to provide but he provided he used a vessel to provide for me and he knew that the minute that happened i was going to be filled and heaven rejoice so i say this to all you people that are victims or that's in this lifestyle get out satan wants nothing but to kill steal and destroy your life you will receive exceedingly and abundantly in christ you are a new creation. The old has passed. Trust God because the traffickers are being operated in devil mindsets. They are having a demonic, evil, wicked spirit that is upon them. And when I got baptized, I literally saw 12 demonic spirits leave my body. Leave my body. And though I had other things I had to work on, but I stayed faithful. I stayed faithful. God has always provided for me. When Even though I didn't know how bills was going to be provided, even though certain things I didn't know, I trusted on the Lord because he is the Jehovah Jireh. He is the Jehovah Rapha. He is the Jehovah Shalom. He will give you the peace. He will provide and he will heal you. Trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your mind and heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And he will direct your path as he has directed my past. So you guys be blessed. Know that you are loved. 
Know that you are worthy. Know that God wants to redeem you, restore you, heal you. And he wants to give you all the prosperous things that he wants for you. Because it is he that placed you into your mother's womb. He knows you by name. And he will redeem you as he redeemed me. I went from prostitution to a woman of God, a mighty woman of God. There is no shame, no guilt, no blame, because you know why? My God is good. And he will be good to you and you and you and everyone else that seeks him. And just know, anybody can be trafficked. There is no specific look. Your neighbor can be trafficked. Your friends can know somebody that knows a trafficker that can lure you in through money. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Michael Kors, Nike, Jordans. That don't mean nothing because I had all the worldly things and it was taken from me because the devil wanted to take my soul and kill me in my sin so I could go to hell. But I had favor and God said, you had 10 years with this woman and you still didn't succeed? Watch what I do with her now. And look at me. You, I have overcome the blood of the lamb through the word of the testimony. And that is my testimony from prostitution to Christitution. God bless you all and know that Jesus loves you. Restitution. I love that. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Jessica, for just coming on and speaking your truth. Man, that's a lot, you know, because we don't really know what goes on the inside of it. All we can do is study about it, read about it. But you lived on the inside of that world and you still have those things inside your in your mind. And I remember first hearing you in the uh, clubhouse JA. And how you were just sharing your testimony and how you was just crying. It's like, you're like, because every month you, in January was in the Human Traffic Awareness Month when you have to go through this process of fighting these things, these oppressions that try to come over and overtake you. And I just, I, I mean, I just give you big ups for just coming on today, speaking, and you spoke with boldness. And I'm, I'm just so proud of you because when I heard you at first, how you were just so torn up, you know, you, you said, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I've done it 10 years ago. I'm not giving up. And I just thank God for you because you didn't have to do it. You, you came you came on here and you spoke. You said what you needed to say. And I give God the glory for that because Amen. You, you're free from Amen. prostitution to prostitution. Amen. God be to glory. There's no more shackles, no more shackles on my feet. Remember, Jesus says that I have came to set the captives free. Free, yes, yes. Freedom is in Christ. Freedom is in Jesus. Jesus is our freedom. Yes, he is. So, Miss Jessica, I want to ask one question, if you don't mind. Um, now that you're in a place where you're saved, you're, you're free from all the stuff that you went through in your past. Do you think that maybe one day you'll try to reach out and try to find the kids that, that you gave up? Or do you feel like that'll reopen up wounds? So when you trust in the Lord and you mm -hmm. trust him to heal you. See, I could have given them up to the abortion clinic, but that's not mm -hmm. what God wanted. 
Yes, I gave them up at the time because I wasn't ready to deal with it. But God just recently dealt with me with that and let me know it is not your fault. Don't let the enemy make you feel guilty and make you feel blameful and you're nasty and disgusting. No, you did what I told you to do, even though you didn't know it. You heard that voice, but you thought it was your intuition. You thought it was your gut feeling. This whole time you've been hearing my voice, but you've been... uh deceived by the world and yeah. god had to get all that out and give me the truth you know and in romans chapter 8 it talks about how we have to know the truth when we know the truth it'll set us free right. and god had to give me the truth and let me know the situation on that no in god's time there's always going to be redemption He's going to bring those kids back to me in his perfect way, in his perfect love. So I can be bold enough in love to tell them the truth so they can be set free because they too are going to be misguided and undecided of the worldly things. But because I am a new creation in Christ, God will give me the wisdom and the words to speak. Remember, our tongue is powerful. We speak life or death. And God wants me to be able to reach when he brings them back to me to speak life into them because death has been spoken upon them. I guarantee you it has through the adoption people. Oh, your mama ain't this. Your mama was a hoe and all this. She didn't want you not knowing my story. But God has the ultimate say. God is the author and the finisher. Not me, not the world, not the adopted parents. God has the final say. And even though I gave them two children up, God still blessed me with four. He doubled the blessings. Because he said, even though you gave them up, I can trust you to listen to my voice, even in the mix of your confusion. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, I commend you, woman of God. I thank you for sharing your story again. Some people will hold on to it and wouldn't want to share, but we need this. The world needs this um, because all we do is look at what goes on on TV or, or a picture made about sex trafficking, and we really don't get the whole view of it. We just get what they play on TV, and we know that they're acting, but to actually have someone to come on tonight and share their story with us and with the world, letting us know and letting us see where you were and where you are now, amen. And I can tell you are a beautiful woman in Christ, amen. I just thank God for your growth. I thank God for how he's doing whatever he's doing in your life to help others come out of what they're in because God knows we all are overcomers over someone's testimony. And I guarantee you tonight, someone is going to hear your testimony on here and say, wow, I was once this person. And it is another way. I don't, and that's where enough, enough is because you don't have to stay in the same shape that you're in. You can come out. You choose to come out. So I thank God for you again. And again, what a beautiful baby. And we just thank God for you. And thank you for your testimony. And thank you for sharing with us and with the world what you went through. All glory, all glory goes to God. I'm just a willing vessel. We also have to remember, too, we are advocates for the kingdom. We have to walk like Jesus, think like Jesus, speak like Jesus, and most of all, love like Jesus. Amen. 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 So 
I, I like again I thank you. I thank you for just going through the process because like you say, a lot of people commit suicide. A lot of people get murdered. But even when you even though you went through the process, God stayed with you and he brought you out of it. So all glory goes to God for that, for allowing you to go through that process and he he's getting the glory from your life. Again, I thank you. I appreciate you. And whatever you need from us, we're always here. You know, and you're always welcome to come back and share something else Amen. with us. Amen. So, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That is our evening for tonight. I pray that you learned something and that you are able to share with somebody else what you learned. And not just that, you'll go out into your community and see these people and love on these people because, again, they need love, too. God bless you guys. Tonight, as I always say, find the positivity that lies Amen. within the negativity because there is some. You guys have Amen. a good session. See you next week, the same time, 5 30. Thank you. God bless you all. Bless you. Too.